Arizona Sports, sports. the local sports leader. leader. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Uh, Let's rock and roll with today's 4 o'clock reset. We're at the midway point of the Burns and Gambo show. This is everything you need to know that's going on in sports that we have been talking about and even stuff we haven't talked about yet. Nick Rollis, new Cardinals defensive coordinator, was introduced today. Head coach Jonathan Gannon was the one doing the introducing, and he did say that Rollis will call the defense. Calling the defense is that Nick's deal, or are you gonna are you gonna do something? Did I say he was calling the defense? Well, I, I don't know. I thought maybe. Maybe I said that I'll get to that when we get to it. Nick will call the defense. I don't think he was trying to be edgy about it. I think it was just kind of a joke going on there. It sounded confrontational. Like yeah, it sounded it awkward, sound but like... I, I really don't think it was awkward at all. Did you yeah. order the code red? <laughs> You're bleeping right, I did. Ah. Um, so, yes, Nick Rollis will call the defense. 29-year-old, youngest coordinator in all of the NFL. There we go. So let's just hey, throw him right to the fire. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> We got fun and games. We got everything you want, honey. We know the names. Rollis gave an example, though, of a current Cardinals player who uh, exudes this and Gannon's desire for being violent. Buddha sets the standard on how you play this game. It is violent. It is high motor 24-7. And I'm just picking one guy out. There's all guy. There's all kinds of guys on this defense that play to that standard. And we're going to continue to demand to push that even further. I'm excited for what he could do with the not just Buddha, but there are a lot of young guys, Avon Collins and Isaiah Simmons and Zach Allen if he comes back and Byron Murphy if he comes back that very talented players that we need to see if another coaching staff can get the most out of these guys. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm excited what Rollis did with the linebackers last year in Philly and whether he can start to do some of the same things here. Now, a lot of names I'm going to throw out there. These are, have all been reported today on social media in in terms of possible additions for the Cardinals. According to reports, they will add Florida co-defensive coordinator Patrick Tony as a defensive assistant. Florida's tight ends coach William Piegler will join him and follow him to the Cardinals. Don't know what role he's going to play. Ben Steele, who spent last year on the Denver Broncos as an assistant offensive line coach before being fired mid-year, he will oversee the Cardinals' tight ends. Northwestern cornerbacks coach Ryan Smith is taking that job with the Arizona Cardinals. Whole bunch of names out there. Steele is the interesting one. He's a veteran. He's got like 15 years of NFL experience. Yeah. He's been around a while. But there is an expectation that Gannon might still seek a true veteran presence on his coaching yeah, staff. Yeah, we've discussed Mike Zimmer, but I would imagine somebody like that. If it's not Zimmer, somebody else, somebody that you can you can go to and bounce ideas off of. Mike Munchak is a name that's also been mentioned well, Mike as Munchak, a possibility. Okay, yeah, that, that's been thrown out there. We have a very easy to follow article listing all of these reported coaching hires. You can find it on the Arizona Arizona Sports app and ArizonaSports.com. Newsmakers Week this morning on Bickley and Murata. It continued, and that includes legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy, ranking the Kevin Durant trade against all others in Suns history. Well, there's no question. It would be number one. Wow. Number one. Number one. For Charles Barkley, I happen wow. to agree with that. But yes, number one. Right now we think like that. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Indeed. You know?
Diamondbacks General Manager Mike Hazen was on this morning and spoke on the expectations of Corbin Carroll. There's not really expectations. It's, it's a dangerous game to play with young players. Every player, no matter how talented, they have to learn the game at this level through success and failure. And I don't think anyone's immune to that. He is an exceptional player, incredible makeup. He's one of the hardest working, most dedicated players we have in our system. And to me, that's the foundation for a really good player. Some reports yesterday that they might be talking about a long-term extension, but that's they difficult. Would, listen, there's, there's a bunch of players. Seattle has done it with Rodriguez. Uh, Franco in Tampa. The Braves have done it with like three of their players. It is better to try to lock these guys up early if you really believe in them uh, than lose them in free agency. So they would like to get something done, but I will tell you, nothing is is close at all and they are on a deal. years away from losing Corbin Carroll in free agency. They control him for a number of years, but they'd like to get out in front of that so that they don't have to. They got him locked up and they eat up some of his free agency years. Kenny Dillingham was on Bickley and Murata as part of, new, uh, as part of Newsmakers Week. Gave a warning to recruits as they visit schools across the country. you got to remember, you're being sold something, right, by professionals. It's not about what somebody shows you. It's about what they don't show you. That's the key to a visit, is when you leave a visit or when you're on campus and you hit the last day of your visit, you should be thinking about, what have they not showed me? Because those are the flaws. Those are what they're hiding. Dillingham can't sell it, can't he? Why are they hiding? I want to know now. (laughs) What are they hiding on the visit? The things they're terrible at. Those are the things they're hiding. Brian Windhorst expressed a little doubt about Kevin Durant's son's debut going down on Friday. I'll let him explain. There is a desire for Durant to get a five-on-five live contact workout tomorrow in Phoenix and then see how his knee reacts to that. Neither Durant nor the Suns are ruling out Friday's game. If not Friday, then it could be Sunday against the Bucks. If not Sunday against the Bucks then it'd be Wednesday against the Hornets on the road. Yes, we had James Jones on, and he basically said that he's not ruling out for Friday. There'll be five-on-five and three-on-three drills, and they're going to wait for him to see how he feels after he you know, does some of this work. No, I can't. Um, you know, I, I can I say I'm pretty, pretty... It's just one of those things where I think over the next... You know, like we have a practice tomorrow. Uh, we'll get a better gauge of where he is tomorrow. Uh, but he, he's close. Uh, I just can't tell you exactly when he'll play. But I, I know he's close. There was also, speaking of the Suns, a series of tweets that you had this morning about the Ring of Honor and the entryway into Footprint Center. Yes. Some possible changes there. What details do you have on that? Well, I'm going to be real interested to see if Matt Ishbia follows up on plans that were put in place, um, that, that Robert Sarber and his group had put in place that was supposed to take place in the beginning of the year. Now, you know, after Robert left the organization, those ideas got got squashed and put on the back burner, but they did include a year-long effort to honor Jerry Colangelo. The Central Pavilion was to be renamed Colangelo Hall. It was going to have a video wall playing highlights of his role in professional sports in Arizona. The project, which also included a large video ring uh, showing footage of the Suns Ring of Honor members, was going to be unveiled at the start of last season with the induction of Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion into the Ring of Honor. So that is something I know Robert Sarver and his group had put in place that they expected was going to get done that obviously when the change happened um, it wasn't finished. I'd like to see if Matt Ishby is going to complete that. But yes, Amari and Sean into the Ring of Honor was the plan. They were going to do that in the beginning of the year. I'd be curious to see if Ishbia picks, that, that, that picks up that thread where it left off and whether he'd be pursuing that 
again I mean, he should. or not. Yeah, it, it's those are two, if you talk about guys who aren't in the Ring of Honor who should be, those are the first two that kind of come to mind at this stage. And honoring Jerry Colangelo. Oh, of course, you without know? question. Yeah, I mean, it, that's, that is, and you would think with Ishbia and the revelation from Jerry about a week ago that Ishbia reached out to him around the time of the Kevin Durant trade, he's kind of already established that. I, I would think something like that could get done. Uh, Gamble also reported on a Coyotes trade earlier today. Yes. Went down right at the start of the show. What happened on that one? Yeah, we were able to break that story. The Coyotes traded Dyson Mayo to the Golden Knights for a fifth round draft pick, and they acquired the contract of defenseman Shea Weber, who doesn't play, but, um, you know, another, they did that with Pavel Datsoik. They've done that with a few different players over the years. They'll take on a contract, and they did it with Pronger, if you remember. But yes, they get a fifth round pick for taking on that contract, and they move on from Dyson Mayo. All right, the trade deadline in the NHL is on March 3rd, and of course, all eyes will continue to be on Jacob Chikrin to see whether he gets moved before the third or not. The Coyotes are in action tonight. They are taking on the Calgary Flames at 7.30. You'll hear that game here on 98.7, the Arizona Sports app and ArizonaSports.com. So you'll get that there. NFL news. According to Ian Rappaport, former Cardinals defensive coordinator Vance Joseph interviewed with the Eagles for most of yesterday for their D.C. position. He is due to meet with the Eagles again today. Is also considered a top candidate for the Broncos defensive coordinator position. Well, of course, he used to be the head coach in Denver several years so ago. I'll just say this. I, I, I like Vance, and I think um, that he's going to end up with a defensive coordinator job. I think that's really good. I was kind of worried as it was taking their time before they let him out of his contract yep. that he wasn't going to get one of those jobs, but there were two jobs opening. I would hope that he gets one of them. 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy visited Dr. Keith Meister today who recommended postponing surgery because of ongoing swelling in his elbow. So now they're not exactly sure they'll meet again in March, maybe have the surgery there. This might, depending on the extent of the surgery that is needed, push Purdy beyond an availability for the regular season, potentially, even if it's the most minor version of the procedure he can have. So a month later, still swelling in the elbow? Yeah. Too much to have the surgery. Does he play pick up basketball on his own? I doubt it. He's supposed to do nothing. If he can't throw the basketball f- or a football five yards, my guess is the answer is no. More Diamondbacks news, and this one comes courtesy of Nick Pecoro over at AZ Central. In a one-on-one interview with Zach Gallen, Gallen revealed that he had a chance to play for Team USA, USA in the World Baseball Classic and turned it down. Quote, my heart, I wanted to go play, but I think maybe it's not the safest bet sometimes to go out there and play. Close quote. So is that Zach Gallen? Alan talking to Scott Boris talking. <laughs> that's, I might that's, have been Scott Boris. It was Zach Gallen, but I'm sure he's relaying Scott, the message. Scott and Zach, man, I got a chance to start for the USA. Yeah, yeah, hell no, you're not playing, Nick. You want a big contract, kid? You don't risk it in getting in tournaments like that yeah. that don't mean anything. And he even said, "Look, he goes, it's the, we don't play this game for money, but I've got to think big picture here, and I got to understand he's you know coming what off the great we, season we, we that he had. We don't play this game for money. That's what he said." That's what he said. We don't play this game for money. Okay, great. Sign a deal with the con- with the Dimebacks right now. Tell your agent to go, you know, stick it and sh- sh- sign a deal right now. You don't well, play for money. You do play a little bit for money. We all do things for money a little bit. And then finally from the NBA, yeah, not a surprise. Money buys happiness. The NBA All-Star Game was the lowest rated and least watched edition. Uh, I didn't contribute to those ratings. I didn't watch one second of it. Ratings were down 29%. 
viewership down 27% from last year's All-Star game. Ooh, nobody cares. Any of the All-Star games. And honestly, the players don't either. And that kind of reflects, I think, in the ratings. Is it the play? I mean, LeBron played, he was barely in the game, right? I didn't watch it, but I read he was barely in the game. Giannis was barely in the game. I know he's hurt. That's some G League guy won the Kadunk contest. And he put on a heck of a show, but Mark McClune from the station. No, it's not not Mark Mark McClune McClune from Channel 5 and Channel 3. Won yeah, the dunk no, it contest. It was unbelievable. Him. They yeah, took a guy from Arizona, TV guy, does a good job. They put him in a dunk contest, and uh, he, he wins it. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we circle back to the Phoenix Suns and the delayed potential debut of Kevin Durant. What questions need to be answered in the NBA's Western Conference? And for the Suns, what questions need to be answered about their fifth starter? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Welcome back. It's the Burns and Gambo show on this Wednesday. I wish we had something definitive to tell you about when Kevin Durant is going to make his debut. We've heard the Brian Windhorse sound in which he says it might not be Friday. It might be Sunday. Hey, it might not be Sunday. It might be next week. It's James a big Jones. day. Like, it's a big it day. Is, it is a big day. Kevin and Durant donning a son's uniform and playing for the Phoenix Suns. And, and so it's understandable that we'd all be curious. And I'm sure James Jones understood very much why we were all asking him the questions you and I earlier when he was on with us and James certainly didn't give us anything definitive talked about the need for Kevin to play a five on five to see how he felt after playing a five on five you asked him point blank have you ruled him out for Friday no we haven't ruled him out for Friday but it does feel like between the Windhorst report and others that there's this expectation that it might not be Friday and who knows it might not even be Sunday against Milwaukee that it might be something closer to next week Wednesday against Charlotte that's the next game on the schedule after Sunday against the Bucks, We'll see. We, we don't know. But, I mean, I get it. And you're right. We all want to see it. We all want to watch it. But the Suns have to be very careful about this. The, 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 it doesn't, you know, they, they have to be sure, very prudent. And I think we mostly all understand something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? there's, no, there's, there's, no, there's no rush here. He's coming off an injury. He hasn't played in, you know, over a month. It's, it's a knee injury. You're going to err on the side of caution. You're going to make sure that he's ready to play. You're going to ramp him up. You're going to practice three on three, five on five. You're going to not make any judgments then. You come back the next day. How do you feel? I feel good. Okay, do another one. How do you feel? I feel good. Okay, you want to play? Okay, I'll play. And that's it. And then they, you know, even when he comes back, there might be, you know, somewhat of a limit. limit, uh, I would think a minute limitation or restriction. A minute limitations on him to make sure that he doesn't, you know, that again, because he hasn't played in a while and he's an older player, that you you bring him along gradually because there's no rush for anything. Yeah. Again, here's, I I play this in the reset. I'll play it again and then we'll get into our son's conversation. This was James Jones with us earlier about just being unable to give a clear timeline on Durant right now. No, I can't. Um, and you know, I, I can I say I'm pretty. pretty I, it's just one of those things where I think over the next, you know, like we have a practice tomorrow, uh, we'll get a better gauge of where he is tomorrow. Uh, but he, he's close. Uh, I just can't tell you exactly when he'll play, but I, I know he's close. Okay, he's close. And James reiterated that several times during our conversation. So we still have. I think the, some of the NBA teams are back at it tomorrow. I think the rest are back at it on Friday. And now we get into the home stretch, right? 20 games or so, give or take, for every team in the NBA. The biggest questions in the NBA's Western Conference, which is just hmm. nuts, all right? When you look at the the state of the conference right now, top to bottom, it's crazy, especially when you consider 
that a lot of the so-called experts over at Yahoo Sports, for example, they're picking the team that is currently the ninth seed to go to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Four of their experts, two of them are picking the Golden State Warriors. To go, the, currently the ninth seed in the Western Conference to go to the Western Conference Finals. But, I mean, that's, in some ways, that's like at the, you know, at, at the end of Mike Tyson's career when everybody was picking him to win fights. And he wasn't winning fights. Fair. I mean, that just that just, just happens because it's Golden State. You get to it like, oh, it's going, you know, it's Golden State. But like, I'm telling you, like at the at the end of Mike Tyson's career when he was losing, you know, a, a bunch of fights, and you're like, okay, and you know, no contests and stuff like that. You're like, people still were picking Mike Tyson to win, even though he wasn't sure, winning. It's habit. And I did the same thing with Tom Brady a couple of weeks ago in a bet that I lost to you on that game, that playoff game against the Cowboys. Kevin they- McBride, that was the guy. He lost to Kevin. Kevin McBride, Mike Tyson. I don't even remember that. Kevin McBride. Yeah, by then I think I'd kind of stopped paying attention. Yes. I was I was kind of over the Mike Tyson thing, if I remember right. The biggest question for the Suns in the NBA's Wild West, according to this story that, that we've got here in front of us, as you would expect, is their health, right? Yes. And, and, it, and the, whoever wrote this said, you know, um, if they if Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton stay healthy the remainder of the year, I fully understand the idea of them becoming most people's favorite in the West. I'm Far more curious about the health than any questions regarding fit. I, too, am far more curious about the health than I am about fit. Fit is going to be fine. I think if everybody, if all of these people that, you know, that do this for a living, make predictions and, you know, analysts and stuff, if you were told that the Suns are going to stay healthy throughout the playoffs, Chris Paul's not going to miss time, Kevin Durant's not going to miss time, Devin Booker's not going to miss time, then I think the Suns would be the overwhelming pick. I would agree. I don't know that people would pick Golden State or Denver. I think, you know, knowing that, you would just pick the Suns. But I think a lot of it is all three of those guys have been injured this year. Yeah. Booker's been injured, Paul's been injured, and uh, Kevin Durant's been injured. So that's it's hard to just predict that all of those guys are going to stay healthy. Uh, speaking of when you're going to get guys back in health, that's another one of the big questions in the Western Conference, according to this article. Which team gets its superstar back the soonest? And they talk about three teams here. Two that are probably a little more relevant than the others. One, when does Golden State get Steph Curry back? Right. Two, when do the New Orleans Pelicans get Zion Williamson back? Right. And number three, when do the Minnesota Timberwolves get Carl Anthony Towns and back? And I don't care about the third one. And I don't either. And that's, yeah, that's why I said there's two that are relevant. There's one that's not. And which yeah. one of these is not like the other? That one's not like the other. I don't think anybody yeah. really cares about Minnesota. No, listen to that number. They were 10 and 11 at the time of his injury. And then they went 21 and 19 without him. It's the same. It's the same. They're it's the, the same. same. They're 500 with him. They're 500 without him. The Pelicans are not the same. Golden State is not the same, and there's no doubt that those are two big question marks. When are those teams going to get those guys back, and how much of a push is... Because yeah. if you look at the standings right now, Golden State is the ninth seed in the West. New Orleans is the seventh seed in the West. Those are two very... Because those are two teams, let's call it like it is. If they're sitting at the bottom of the Western Conference standings, and you got to play them in the first round, if Zion is healthy, if Steph is healthy, those are two teams you don't want any 
anything to do with at the bottom of the Western Conference. You, 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 you no, don't I'm want sure they wouldn't want that. anything with the. I'm sure nobody wants a piece of the Phoenix Suns either. But you're right. I mean, there are there are matchups that would be favorable. And but you know, even with that said, did we not all think that Dallas was a favorable matchup last year for the Phoenix did, Suns? That's a fair. That that's a fair counterpoint. It, 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 it absolutely backfired on them. And then this one that I love. This is good. Uh, the LA Clippers and the Sacramento Kings. How will they do against good competition? The Clippers so far this year are 23 and 8 against below 500 competition. They're 10 and 20 against teams above 500. The Kings are basically the same story. 21 and 8 against the bad teams, 11 and 17 against the good teams. Right. The Clippers in particular, their remaining schedule is brutally tough. Will they rise to the occasion or will they be exposed? That's a huge question in the Listen, Western they Conference. got Russell Westbrook because they wanted another scorer. Just like when the Suns had Paul and Book and they were looking for another scorer. They wanted another scorer that could take some of the, the, the load off of Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, Paul George and Westbrook played together in Oklahoma City, but they go get Russell Westbrook, but they also have Mason Plumlee now for some size, and Bowens Highland was a pretty good player who was with Denver. So they added some pieces there, and so their makeup's changed a little bit. Now we got to see how they play. Their their whole thing, too, is the health of Kawhi. You know, can, and they're in, a, they're in a, a situation where they're all in to try to win a championship with these two guys. Like, their owner spent a fortune to try to win it with these guys, and if, if they don't win it, then it's going to be deemed a failure, just like the Nets having Kyrie and KD is considered a failure, because for a bunch of years they were they they were contended but they couldn't win it. I've always thought the Clippers, you know this, are one of the biggest, if not the biggest threat in the West. I, I just and it all comes down to Kawhi. You're right. I, I have such respect for his game being the best two way player in the NBA. He's such a lethal force on both sides of the court that that I just I think if he's right, they're going to go a long long way. He's got the pedigree, he's got the experience, he's got the trophies and the hardware and all that stuff. I just don't know if he's going to be right or not. I, I don't know how. How well he's going to do. I, I, I still think that is the scariest team out there for the Suns to face in the West. I really do. They make me nervous. So nervous. I like their coach. I like their roster. I like their depth. I like what they have at the top, what they have in the middle in terms of that roster. They got two long wing players. Yep. The only thing I don't like, really, is Westbrook. I, I don't like that addition for them. I don't. Depends I, on what they're asking them to do. They just asked him to come off the bench and score. He could score for a little while while those other guys sit. You know, so you don't want to you don't want to have those guys come out of the game and all of a sudden somebody goes on a twelve two run. You want somebody that can kind of keep it even. Westbrook could probably do that for a few minutes. Maybe I, I just I've viewed him when the Lakers. You know this when the Lakers got him, a bad move. Right, I mean, right out of the shoot. I'm like, yep, nope, that's that's not a good move for them. And I, he's just one of those players. That I just I, I I think he ends up being more of a liability than a benefit when it's all now. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll I'll rue the day I ever said that. But that's typically how I feel about a guy like that. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. Who knows? Maybe you're even listening to the podcast right now. Maybe subscribe right now on your iPhone and your Android, and you won't miss any of our show. It's just like all of your favorite podcasts. You can subscribe. We'll just digitally deliver the show to you every day. Burns and Gambo Show brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. They just might be the youngest staff in the NFL. Is there going to be some experience on this coaching staff for the Cardinals? We'll go through some names next. Burns and Gambo. 
Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's already 4.30. This day is flying by. Thank you, as always, for hanging out with us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. John Gambadoro, Dave Burns, live from the Auction Community Studios. Let's roll out our Twitter poll question of the day. Get an update on where things stand with this one with our own Eric Ruby. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Scott Rubes. Before just a couple weeks ago, there wouldn't even be a question if this Devin Booker would lead the Suns in scoring. But now that they have Kevin Durant, it is. Will it be number one or will it be number 35 who leads the Suns in scoring for the rest of the season? Kevin Durant. I go with K-Day. Kevin Durant will lead the team in scoring the rest of the season. Yep. Going down for KD. Easy answer for both of you, but not for our audience. In fact, 52.7%. It is close, but 52.7%. Rolling with the OG in Phoenix, Devin Booker, 47.3%. Go, KD comes in and leads them in scoring. All right. Uh, and again, uh, and I know we just talked about this in the update a second ago, and we just keep bringing this up. We really don't know when Kevin Durant <clears throat> excuse me, is going to be making his debut. We had, we had hoped it was going to be Friday against Oklahoma City. Then a Brian Windhorst report kind of put that in doubt. And then we had James Jones on the show, and you asked him point blank, hey, you're not ruling him out for Friday? No, we're not ruling him out for Friday. We just need to get him in a practice and kind of see how he responds before we know for sure what he's going to do. There's some theory, not theory, that's the wrong word. There's some belief out there that we might not see Kevin Durant make his debut until game number three after the All-Star break, which would be next Wednesday at Charlotte. It's okay. Know? As yeah. long as he ends up playing, <laughs> there's plenty of time for him to get a custom to playing with these guys and we talked about how adaptable he is and he's coming off of a knee injury and obviously the Suns traded him for him they're not worried about the knee injury they're not worried about it at all so he'll get back out there and when he does he'll kind of figure out a little bit of a rhythm it may take a little while but they'll figure it out and they'll be fine so today Nick Rollis was introduced as the uh, defensive coordinator for the Cardinals 29 years old youngest coordinator in the NFL now we'll go through a segment a little later on in the show where we kind of go through some of the things that he said and whatnot. But I want to play this soundbite to kind of set up our next conversation. This is Jonathan Gannon, the new coach of the Cardinals. And he was asked about Rollis being 29 years old, being the youngest coordinator in the NFL. Here's what he said. What's my quote that I use? Experience is not synonymous with knowledge. Correct. So, um, like he knows me, huh? Uh, or he stole my quote. What might, it might have stole his quote. No, uh, I, I really never, I really don't think uh, just that. Like, I don't really look at these guys when I'm listening to them talk and getting to know the people and not just Nick, these other guys, these other people that you're going to see that are going to start to come on board very soon. Uh, I'm really not worried about their age. You know, I'm worried about if they can serve their play, serve the players and get the job done as it relates to what we need to do as an organization and the Arizona Cardinals win. And um, that's that's what I'm doing. And I, and I don't mind that the staff is so young, that Petzing is so young, that Gannon is young, that the three of them t- combined are so young. Nothing wrong with young. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with young at all. I, I mean, some, some people prefer it. <laughs> okay, easy over there. Um, there's nothing wrong with young. I do think a little experience in the room to balance things out wouldn't be a bad idea. I have to wonder if this is because of the budget that was put in place. Kyler's getting a big jump this year. You got to pay Cliff seven and a half a year. You didn't go after Peyton, really. You got a certain budget for your staff. 
And so you're hiring some college coaches to come in here mm-hmm. and a lot of younger players who, you know, when you're young, you look for the opportunity. When you're established, you're like, I'm, I'm not doing that unless I get paid. So I, I have always questioned what type of budget Michael was going to give his head coach. So this staff not having a lot of experience, bringing in college coaches, younger players, I don't think Michael's breaking the bank, okay? Because I don't think we'd see these names if there was more of a budget. So, Mike, I just have a question. Is like I wonder if the reason that they're going with youth and inexperience and college coaches has more to do with the budget that Michael has given his head coach. It's very fair to ask that question. I don't know the answer to it, but it, it's it's hard not to look at these names and wonder if that's at least part of what's going on here, you know. And and I look, I just like without knowing the answer to your question. All right, I do like the fact, and you know where I'm going with this. That Jonathan Gannon has been given the freedom to fill this staff with, you know, guys that he now would he want to do more if he had a bigger budget? I, I don't know that. I, I don't know what kind of budget limitations he's working with. I think it's fair to wonder, and I think it's fair to speculate on that. But I do like that. Like, if it, part of the budget holdover could be, hey, you've got to take Vance Joseph. He's got to be your defensive coordinator. He's under contract. We're not going. They didn't do that to him, right? They kept Jeff Rogers. But I, I don't view that the same way. I mean, I, I just think Jeff Rogers is such an experienced special teams guy. I think that's fine to keep him on the staff. You don't have to worry about that as much. I, I didn't want to see Jonathan Gannon be forced to take guys on a staff that he didn't want to if he didn't want to. And so I'm, I'm at least glad he's going out and hiring people from other organizations. Well, the alternative might be we only have a certain amount of money for this right. budget. You and right. you've got to make this all work. And that's where, you know, are you cutting corn? They hired, what, two college coaches from Florida today? They did. Uh, the Florida, well, they, I mean, they haven't announced it yet, but according to reports, Patrick Tony, the former Florida Gator defensive coordinator, is coming to the Cardinals. He is bringing former Florida tight ends coach William Piegler with him. Uh, Ashton Grant was an offensive quality control coach. Apparently he's coming over, according to reports. This is in addition to Israel Woolfork, quarterback's coach, Clayton Adams, offensive line coach. Now, Clayton Adams has some experience in the NFL. Drew Terrell has some experience in the NFL with the commanders and the wide receiver. Petzing does. Rollis does. Things like that. But yeah, you're right. There's some guys here who... Yeah, it's fair you know, to question the budget. It's it, fair to question how much money were you given, Jonathan Gannon, to fill out your staff. You're going with a lot of younger, inexperienced... Again, when you're younger and inexperienced, inexperience, you tend to look for opportunities over money. And you may be good coaches, but you look for an opportunity. When you're an older established guy you're not going somewhere on the cheap you're not taking what you're not taking you're taking anything less than fair market value for a job so it is fair to question what type of budget was Gannon given to fill out this staff now and, and then it makes it leads me to my next point is that maybe he's saving his money saving his budget for a guy like Mike Zimmer or for a guy like Mike Munchak. Because the the quote that I've got here in front of me, this is Jonathan Gannon to Peter King. Quote, I'm going to have some guys with major, major experience work into the staff because I value that too. Close quote. And immediately speculation turned to Mike Zimmer because the two spent a lot of time together in Minnesota. Some speculation even turned to Mike Munchak because the two spent some time together in Tennessee and he's a former head coach there as well who could come in and coach the offensive line. Those are two names of guys who potentially could be veteran coaches, former head coaches, maybe part of the budget.
budget question, and it's a good point you bring up, is that he's saving money under his budget so he can bring in a Mike Zimmer. You know, so you could bring in a Mike Munchak, somebody who does that, because I think they could use that experience on the staff. I don't know if they leave me a lot of it, but it'd be nice to have some of it. Yeah, with the staff being so young, especially. I mean, yeah. you're, you know, one of your coordinators is 29 years old. I mean, yes. I mean, you got to bring in, again, these guys are probably, you know, great minds and they've, they've got some experience, not a ton, but they've got some experience, but it would be nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. It would. Um, and the other interesting thing that came out of today from Gannon, is the idea of some carryovers from the previous staff. We haven't heard this soundbite yet. This is Jonathan Gannon today at the at the Rollins press conference. Talk to all those guys. That's, we're still in discussions with some of that. But there are going to be a couple guys that um, we're going we're gonna to keep uh, because they fit the mold of what I was looking for. And um, it was a pleasure to talk to all those guys. And a lot of those guys had, you know, a lot of opportunities. Like, you know, that's kind of normal. Um, you know, VJ was one. I had a great conversation with him. And I know he moved on and he's going to go be a DC somewhere but um, you know Sean Jefferson I think he's going to Carolina with Frank and helped me a lot you know gave me a lot of information and um, you know those were two guys that stand I thought were really good but um, I'm really excited there's some guys that uh, we're going to keep that when you see the final uh, list put out that uh, you'll know why I kept them a couple of names that are being speculated upon if I can just throw this out there sure Mike Bercovici oh okay and Spencer Whipple our two names that uh, Spencer Whipple was like Cliff's right hand guy. Yep. Our two names, at least on social media, I know I want to give credit where credit's due, so I don't want anyone to think that I'm. Blake Allen Murphy was the one who suggested Berkovici, because uh, apparently Berkovici was there for Gannon's press conference. And then it was Kyle Odegaard who had wondered about Spencer Whipple and whether he might be. Uh, and then our own Tyler Drake on Twitter said that's a name that came to mind right away when Gannon said keeping some of the old staff. Whipple? Was Whipple. But then it was Blake Allen Murphy also suggested Berkovici, Berkovici. as guys who could Former stay Former ASU quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Just something to keep in mind. Something to keep in mind. And again, a lot of the guys that are on the staff, some guys were under contract already, so you wouldn't have to you know, let them go and replace them with somebody else. Yeah, potentially. Uh, a couple of the things when it comes to the Cardinals, I want to make sure I bring this up. Uh, we just got word as part of Newsmakers Week, Bickley okay. and Murata, their okay. annual, you know, let's talk to all the big decision makers here in the Valley. Uh, Monty Austin Forts tomorrow at 645 in the morning. Great. Michael Bidwell tomorrow at 745 in the morning. Jonathan Gannon Friday, 745 in the morning. All right. There you go. So the Cardinals trifecta will be making appearances on... GM, head coach, and owner over the next two days. Indeed. Good. So uh, Monty and Michael tomorrow, Jonathan Gannon on... Friday. Uh, we'll repurpose a lot of that stuff on our show and uh, and talk about what they said. No doubt about it. And also, well, you know what? I'll tease this. When we come back, I don't know if it's the definitive word about Kevin Durant, but we got another idea about Kevin Durant and when he might make his debut. That, and we'll talk a little Corbin Carroll as well next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
All right, for what it's worth, since I teased this, I'll just come right out with the Sham Sharania, NBA insider from The Athletic, tweeted out moments ago, Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns are targeting his son's debut and return to action in next Wednesday's road game against the Charlotte Hornets. League sources tell The Athletic and Stadium. Durant is on the cusp of a return from an MCL sprain that he suffered on January 8th. Now, again, this is not the end-all, be-all. This is not the definitive record. Shams has not been right about everything, right? So we'll see. No, during the whole trade deadline, he was wrong about 80% of his stuff. But there, there's been a lot of suggestions out there, whether it's Windhorse, whether it's Sham Sharania, that that might be the actual day. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's very right about this because it's been kind of suggested out there. So we might still be a week away. From the debut of Kevin yeah. Durant, the Suns Well, it seems like, I know. Jeez. It's the longest debut we've ever waited for. Uh, right. When I, somebody got traded in season, like, it's the longest debut we've ever had. Let's go. And I say that. I'm not in any rush to see I mean, I, I'm in a oh, rush. Oh, man, it's going to be a special day, I think. I'm in a rush to see it. I just, I also understand the cautiousness yeah. you have to take with this, right? But this, what, what's the home games? The home game is... Give me a minute. So the home game is this Friday against Oklahoma right. City. You got to let people know. I, I I think because again that that's a you want a lot of people are going to want to buy a ticket and go see Kevin Durant's debut, his first game with the Phoenix Suns. So if you play in this game and you're you know not that it's a game, but if you're if you're not sure, I mean it's just it sucks to the say. Say you bought a ticket, you spent a lot of money thinking Kevin Durant was going to play Friday, and then he doesn't play. You're like, oh my God, you just spent a lot more than face value to get a ticket because you thought Kevin Durant was going to play. So I wish they would just be able to say he's out for this game Friday because the next game's a road game, right? Yeah, the next four are road games. Right. As a matter of fact, that's what I was looking at the schedule. If it's not this Friday. So what's his first home game then? It would be Wednesday, March 8th against, hey, look at that, Oklahoma City. The same team he could have made his debut against in two days. I'll just change the date on the ticket and see if you can get in, <laughs> see if you can get in the building. Wednesday, March 8th against Oklahoma City is their next home game. Because after the, the, this Oklahoma City game, they go on a four-game road trip. And then back to OKC. Uh, yeah, at, yeah, at Milwaukee, at Charlotte, at Chicago, at Dallas, and then home against Oklahoma City, home against Sacramento. Yeah, so okay. that's it. Might be, and I, I, yeah, I'm not worried about when he's going to play. You know, it's, when he when he's ready to play, he's ready to play. But it is you are looking forward to like that first game just to to see how it all works, well, to see how it all meshes. Yeah, you know, he see like there are some players like. Like Terrence Ross is different. Like certain guys, you got okay. When they got Jock Landell, you didn't know how good he was. You got Josh the coach, like he's not very good. Kevin, like you know, everybody knows how good Kevin Durant is. Everybody's seen Kevin Durant play a hundred freaking times. Mm-hmm. Like now, you just want to see how it fits. Yeah, no. And when I said I, I, I'm not not looking forward to it. I just understand the need to be prudent. I understand the need to be cautious here because his availability now is not what we signed up for. It's not what I care about. His availability in April and May and June are the things that I care about, and so. I think most Suns fans would agree, but you were right. It would be nice to know before you bought a ticket for that Friday game whether he's playing or not. That'd yeah. be nice to know. 
because you know those ticket prices are going to be based off of the idea that he's there, especially on the secondary market. And if he's not, then you're going to feel like, man, what did I yeah. just drop two hundred bucks for? You know, he's not there. Two hundred. Oh, I'm being, I'm being conservative. It's probably more than that. Two hundred. You could use the restroom, and then you got to get out. <laughs> Mike Hazen. All right, so that's the latest on Kevin Durant as we know it. Again, we had James Jones on. Nothing definitive from him. Shams is reporting that he's hearing it's going to be Wednesday on the road against the Hornets. Mike Hazen, switching gears to the Diamondbacks now. The general manager of the Diamondbacks was on with Wolf and Luke. And he's got one of the best prospects in all of baseball in Corbin Carroll. He is expected to be an everyday outfielder, an everyday stud for the Diamondbacks. There have been reports of Corbin Carroll and the Diamondbacks working on a long-term contract extension. Here's Hazen today talking about expectations for Corbin Carroll. There's not really expectations. It's, it's a dangerous game to play with young players. Every player, no matter how talented, they have to learn the game at this level through success and failure. And no, I don't think anyone's immune to that. I don't. I've been around a lot of really, really talented players that have gone on to be superstars that, you know, that first 30 to 100 games hasn't gone exactly the way the rest of their career has gone. So, you know, just seen that too many times. He is an exceptional player. He has incredible makeup, and he's one of the hardest working, most dedicated players we have in our system and on our team. And to me, that's the foundation for a really good player. By just about everybody who ranks such things, Corbin Carroll is either the number one or number two prospect in all of baseball. Yeah, remember they held him back a little bit so he could be eligible for Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. He'll probably be the Rookie of the Year. I mean, like he's a 21 year old kid going on 30, you know, because of his, you know, his just his makeup and the way he approaches everything. He's a very, you know, very veteran type guy for a guy for a kid at such a young age. Now, I don't know that he plays center field for this team. You've got, you know, you've got three outfielders at a mainstays from last year after the big trade of Dalton Varsho, and that's McCarthy and uh, Alec Thomas and then Corbin Carroll. But you also, you know, added the kid from Seattle. You got Gorey. You've got a lot of different players that you can uh, you can mix and match now. You got some right-handed bats to match with some lefties. So I'm interested to see how it, it all works out. But Carroll is, I mean, he could be your you know your all-star for the next five or six years, maybe more. He could, and I would expect that no matter how they mix and match it, there's going to be some off days. I would imagine Corbin Carroll plays and plays a lot this year because of the potential of what he brings. 32 games last year, he hit nine doubles, four homers, two triples. He hit 260, slugging percentage of 500. He was he was really good last year. Um, now, the question about an extension has okay. come up, and I know you've done a little digging on this one. There's been some talk that maybe the Diamondbacks would like to sign him to an extension that eats up a lot of his arbitration. Yeah, they'd love to. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of regret in the, with the Diamondbacks, and uh, uh, this one will be near and dear to your heart. But one of the regrets they have right now is that they didn't do this for Paul Goldschmidt. Signed him to a six-year deal four years before they lost him. They would have been able to hold on to him. They wouldn't have been forced to trade him. They would have had him for two to three more years in his prime if they had done that. So one of the biggest regrets in the Diamondbacks organization is not reaching out to Paul Goldschmidt at, at, at an early 
earlier time and saying, like, they knew he was good. Like, they knew it. They knew he was really good. Could they have done a deal with him that locked him up? Now, Goldschmidt was on a really good deal, but could they have done a deal way earlier that would have locked him up, tied up some years, and not put them in a position enough to trade one of their best players in his prime? Um, so they're going to look at that now. And this is the way the Diamondbacks view this is the this is the way of the world. If you don't want to lose a player because he becomes great, you got to roll the dice and you got to take that risk. Yep. And now Tampa took that risk with Franco and, and Rodriguez in Seattle. Yep. And then the, the Braves have done it with like three of their guys. You know, Acuna Jr. was one of them and Harris. So they did it with three guys. So you, you're looking at these teams. There's like six to eight examples of a team saying, you know what, I'm going to pay for a guy after just one year. Because I think that, you know, he'll take the money now and we'll get him at a good deal. So that's the way the Diamondbacks are going to approach this. They will try to get a deal done with Corbin Carroll. They're not close to a deal right now. There's been no progression towards a deal at this point. But would they like to see if they could strike a deal with him? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, Paul Goldschmidt, yes, that is near and dear to my heart. And, and yeah, that kind of rings true. I'll tell you another name that it rings true with, and that's Zach Gallen. And, and it's unfortunately, I don't think a game the Diamondbacks are going to be able to play with Zach Gallen because no. Zach Gallen is going to wait until he's a free agent. His agent and is. he wants to cash in, and, and his agent Scott Boris is you know what did you what was the number you used ninety nine percent of the time when we talked about this a month and a half he ago. Doesn't do deals early. He does not do deals early. He wants his guys to hit the market. He wants free and open competition on the marketplace for his guys, and and so from a Diamondbacks perspective, and that's the fear is that you're looking at Zach Gallen. And you're looking potentially at only three more years of Zach Allen. And when his arbitration years are up, that he walks. And that's... And you'd love to do a deal now. You'd love to it's do risky, a deal. It's risky, but... Listen, they've let some pitchers go, and I don't know, like Corb- Patrick Corbin did not backfire on that, nope. right? Now, Robbie Ray is a mixed bag. You can make an argument that, you know, you should have kept him. Or, um, I mean, I, two years ago he was really good. Last year he wasn't. And then he came in and pitched in the playoff game and didn't do well. So I don't know. The Robbie Ray I thing forgot is. forgot about in, the playoff game. Oh, the playoff game, remember? <laughs> oh, I remember now. Let's I bring forgot in Robbie about Ray. That. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That was a disaster. A disaster. Uh huh. So, but they've let some pitchers go. And again, Patrick Corbin, definitely the right decision. Robbie Ray, you could argue with that. Uh, Zach Rank. They were able to get off of that contract at a good time. Madison Bumgarner, let's see if they can get off of that contract this year. You'd love to keep Gallon, but again, I mean, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of at, at the mercy of Scott Boris because if he doesn't want to do a deal, there's nothing you could do. Yeah, it's just crazy to think that signing a player to a long-term contract after he's played 32 games in the majors is a prudent business decision. But for the Diamondbacks, it's a very prudent business decision. It really is. There's yeah, risk. There's no doubt. There's risk, but it's prudent to do such a because thing because you can't compete. Like you, you can't compete if you're the Diamondbacks. If you just let these guys get better and better and better, and then they get the free agency, and then you 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 lose them because they go to the highest bidder. Just announced Guns and Roses heading to Chase Field on October 11th. Tickets will go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. You can win a pair right now by texting the word Roses to six twenty six twenty. Again, that's Roses to six two zero six two zero. Guns and Roses fans, welcome to the jungle. Does Kevin Durant have more to gain or lose in joining the Suns? Really interesting conversation today that we'll talk about next on the Burns and Gambo Show.